Hey, hey, I am Tommy. And this is Enoch. We are two good friends and brothers in business, as well as your host for the Broke Black and Busy podcast, a show that discusses the complexities of blackness and the nuances and intersections of black identity. In other words, we are two black men talking to you about our experiences, and hopefully we can connect with you. Welcome back to Broke, Black, and Busy. Um, It's been a little bit, but a lot of things have been happening in the world. Uh, I am here with my co-host. I am Tommy the model, and I'm here with my co-host, who is Enoch the poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know. Resident sad boy at everybody's humble abode. Yeah, apparently we both sad boys. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty rough. We have a special guest and close person to us, we are. This is a this is a special and a first for us. We have a guest, as you know, if you've been listening, we have never had a guest on here, and this is a little different. It's not an interview. It's more about a specific topic, and actually, hopefully, you can't relate, so you don't have to. It, that would mean you did not have to deal with this. But if you can relate, we uh, will give you some ideas of what our process is so without further ado i will introduce our guest who is lindo who is a poet a writer a what else do you do lindo you Um, do a lot of things i make comic books (laughs) (laughs) i'm a comic book writer yep that's what i do i make comic books is there a difference between a spoken word spoken word artist and a poet um i would say and maybe Enoch would disagree with me or add on to this point. I think the difference between someone that's a poet is just really how much focus they put on the performance aspect of it and utilizing the stage. Mm. Um, I like to think of myself nowadays and just this chapter of my career, I'm more invested in like visual poetics. I'm trying to think hard about how can I translate my poetry into visual things from just like how do they pair up with images how can i make animation how can i make poetry videos i'm more invested in that than i am thinking about how can i perform it on stage nowadays Hmm. Hmm. what's your opinion yeah i think i think spoken word artists perform much more often okay like a a poet could just make a bunch of books or only like read at readings because there's a difference between like reading and performing but i feel like spoken word artists are heavy on the performance side they obviously you know can have books and shit too but yeah there's like a a, a emphasis on the the spoken part <laughs> you feel me that yeah uh, I brought it up because I wanted to say you're also a spoken word artist, but I didn't want to sound crazy. Like, <laughs> that's the same thing. Uh, but yes, I'm with two. I'm with two talented people, and I am also talented in the room. I want to make sure that I affirm myself as well. As you should. Today we are going to be talking about a disorder called specific learning disorder, better known as dyslexia. And I don't know if did I say it on this podcast that I am dyslexic. I feel like that's came up. Yeah. Well, if I didn't say it, I'm telling you today, I am dyslexic and I found out in my early 20s and I had gone through school not knowing. So I just thought I was like a CD student. I thought that I just wasn't to the point of being Mm -hmm. smart as other people in school. And 
our guest today also has uh, dyslexia or specific learning disorder. Um, what, what was your experience with that growing up? Um, my experience with it was just like, when I remember when we was learning the letters of just like how to pronounce them. Mm. I could not distinguish like G and the J sound, B and the M sound. Part of that has to do with just like the introduction of those sounds or just like the words I was being introduced to. So like my confusion with like the M and B sound was because I was uh, like being introduced to the letter B when it was always silent, like Mm. lamb. Um, And you just don't say the B sound in that. So I was just like, it must be an M, you know? So I was saying it for a long time, just like you would say the M sound. But, you know, when they got identified, just like, oh, you're having a tough time with G and J, too. They gave me a speech therapist, and um, I was in speech therapy for maybe, like, six months of just, like, this was, like, first grade. And um, then the the next year, even though I I got better, I still needed help. I needed help all through my academic time. Um, The school didn't get funded, so we didn't have a speech therapist anymore. And I just struggled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just struggled. Um, I, and, you know, I just picked up some su- survival, you know, things along the way. But, yeah, that yeah. was my experience initially. I never had, I, it was never identified for me. It was just kind of like, you need better have comprehension skills. Mm-hmm. So I, like, went to a class outside of typical class for, like, an hour every other week. And... I started to comprehend better and what better means I don't really know because I still have comprehension issues and that was it so I didn't I didn't even figure out that I had that problem until I was grown Hmm. um what I guess another question would be this is more for Enoch did you have students taken out of the class uh that you noticed like to do other things outside like when like when I was a student yeah yeah oh yeah all the time yeah, what was the perception of that for this the class? Uh, I'm probably I don't know, cause I mean in middle school I ain't really had no friends, <laughs> so I I didn't know anybody's perception because I was trying to stay alive. <laughs> but um, I mean most of the time, like in high school, it was usually like IEP mm. things, um, individual education plans, um. And so, I mean, I my my sister has ADHD, mm-hmm. so I I just never had I never had any opinion mm-hmm. on these things necessarily because I was just like niggas learn different. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, you know, most of the students take like the oh this nigga slow mm-hmm. route type of thing. Um, but yeah, unless you was like actively in like remedial classes mm-hmm. niggas ain't really care but if you was in like you know the, like the special classes mm-hmm. uh, that's when niggas had the most shit to say for the yeah. most part that was my experience too like i didn't no one really said anything it didn't feel like anything extra um and i guess like it can like fly under the radar a lot so the the, the students can't really tell that something's going on. I didn't really tell, and apparently the teachers didn't really couldn't really tell either. They don't be knowing shit, <laughs> so like it can kind of be like it's not as visible as some other um, disorders or mental health issues. Uh, but truth be told, I think the majority of our class has something going on 
they just it just wasn't addressed i mean we are overall as a country educated poorly so (laughs) i feel like most a larger portion of students are behind compared to the students that are on par or ahead like learning differentiation or not um but y'all don't even have the same type of dyslexia though we don't i'm glad you brought that up you had something to say i was gonna just add on to your points about just like how so many so many people go through learning in an inadequate fashion because of just like everybody learns differently Mm. and since there's a standardized test but no one is standard at Mm -hmm. learning because Mm -hmm. we all learn differently it constantly leads people out even if Mm. even if you're someone that can test well there's things that you probably could have received a lot better if it was showcased to you better true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, to Enoch's point uh, (laughs) Lindo and my dyslexia looks very different like I didn't have the speech portion as much Mm -hmm. Um, that happened earlier on and when I say earlier on I mean like in kindergarten and then it just kind of went away my issue is more of processing while reading, comprehending, and there, there's like a bit of comorbidity that happens. And what Carmel, does that mean? I was about to explain. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> comorbidity is two different uh, disorders or two different, for lack of a better term, problems happening mm. at the same time. So if you are depressed, you may also gain anxiety yeah, through that. Yeah. If you are dyslexic you may also have another problem as well like adhd may kick in Mm -hmm. because you might be hyper aware of what's happening and that's what happened with me Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't say that i have adhd but what happened what would happen is i would get anxious um and nervous also anxiety can uh be comorbid with uh, a specific learning disorder or dyslexia or we get anxious and try to read faster so i would try to read ahead and try to like read faster because I didn't want to look stupid. Mm. So like I would be reading the end of the sentence before I even get to the front of the sentence. And then the teacher would be confused. The, the students <laughs> would be looking like what is going on. But a lot of times with our public school system, <laughs> students didn't care anyway. They just running around or being crazy anyway. Um, so mine looks different when it comes to that. And I, I was fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. I could read enough that it wasn't completely visible, that there was a problem. So I was able to pass through, but unfortunately, I didn't get the support that I needed. Uh, what was what was your uh, experience, um, Lindo? My, see, my, di- my dyslexia is uh, different. I can't even pronounce it. It's like, it's called something like Photological mm. dyslexia. Uh, Phonological? Yeah, meaning yeah. just like I have a, a tough time distinguishing the sounds of letters, mm. um, which makes it even hard for me to pronounce words as you just saw. Mm. Like I can spell them out to you, but I can't pronounce them. It's just like, it's just a remiss of me. Um, so my experience was just like in class, was just like I will always try to find an abbreviated version of that. That was part of my survival kit of just like find an abbreviated version of that word or I'll spell it out like I do daily in life. 
Or I would just ask the teacher what that is, and then the teacher would say it, and then I move on. I would hope that the teacher would never ask me to repeat it back, because that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not. <gonna> <laughs> I asked you to say it so the class would know, <laughs> so I could move forward, right? Um, so that that's what it often leads. And then part of my dyslexia also is just like I get disoriented really easily. Mm. So like if I enter a building through the front, but then I have to exit through the back, mm. I'm not sure if I should go left or right mm. to get where I needed to go back to mm. the front. And so like I don't know my left or right. The only way I know my left and right, and this is part of another part of my survival kit, uh, kit with uh, dyslexia, is like I got to hold up my right hand mm. and tell myself that's the hand I write with, and then I know that's my right hand. Mm. And uh, I do that all the time, so I'm not the person to get direction from. I avoid, <laughs> I avoid people giving directions to people. I'm like, yo, put that in your GPS. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so... And then sometimes it leads to the missions of articles. And I don't know this, like, why I do that. I haven't figured that out. But I'm often, like, if you get a text from me or you get an email from me, you might not see A and duh. I would just, like, omit those out. And it's not on purpose. It's just, like, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I have directional problems as well. Um, <laughs> I also grew up being a pretty good performer. Uh, and what that means is I present myself much stronger and much more together mm. uh, than than some other people. So, like, you won't really see it in the way. So, I've, to, to uh, Lindo's point, I found ways to survive as well. So, if I didn't understand my left and the right, I just remember the PlayStation controller. <laughs> And I know that L1 is on the left side, mm, mm. L2, I mean R2 is on the right side. So I have to like visualize that. And I didn't do this on purpose, but I worked where I had to use maps uh, <laughs> as I got older. So that, that self hatred. <laughs> <laughs> it helped. It helped. So my directions got better. Mm. Uh, but I still live and die by the GPS. To your point, like there's no. I, I go like if I once I leave here, I'm going to use the GPS to go. Yeah, home absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Um, but I, I go never, ahead. I never had what you had. Where it was just like it was my comprehension. Like I ever like you read a book to me, or if I'm just reading in my head where. Like, I don't need to know the pronunciation of something to know the content of it, to know the meaning of it. I capture all the information. I may be fatigued by reading and might need more breaks than someone that is not dyslexic. But besides that, that, I'm good with retaining the information and telling you what what it was. Yeah, I read a whole book. Nothing. (laughs) I can literally read a whole book. I, I didn't retain any of it. Like, immediately after. Like, I can be reading a book and also thinking about something else because mm. I'm not retaining it in any way. Mm. And I have to catch myself. I have to be like, okay, okay, that you don't need to be thinking about that. You're going somewhere else. Pay attention to what's happening right now. And that's like that. That could be that anxiety or that comorbidity of um, uh, what you, uh, ADHD. It's like, I, this is not working. I got to think about something else. Mm. It's like, yeah, but you read a book though. Like, mm. You need to retain something from here. So that's been part of my issue still to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I really would like them to come up with a better treatment plan for it. 
Uh, I know in the DSM-5 and the DSM-4-TR, I believe it's called, they've changed the word. That's why I'm going back and forth with calling it dyslexia and specific learning disorder so people know the difference and mm-hmm. they know where to get resources. Now where does specific learning disorder come from? It's, it's to encompass more kind of like being on a spectrum, like it was mm-hmm. autism. But now it's like on the spectrum because there's like a lot more than just that. So it's yeah. specific re- learning disorder, reading type. There's specific learning disorder, math type. Math is also like numbers. It can also be an issue of dyslexia. And my sister has that. The the math type. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're trying to like use a encompassing term, uh, which I'm not advocating for it, but that's the reason. Mm. Mm. Uh, I guess it could help because. If you try to lump everybody into one category, you're not going to get the best treatment. But yeah. if you're like, oh, you got math type, or you go to this class. Oh, you got the reading type, or you go to this class. Yeah, uh, I think the, the, specific, the specification of it, it allows folks to be more like, for lack of a better word, surgical and just like the treatment of it. Mm. Because like you can't just treat all cancers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just... I wonder why it has to be labeled a disorder in the first place. Mm. Yeah, I was. Thinking, That's a good question. I was or a good thought. Yeah, I was thinking about that the whole time because, like, when I tell people I'm dyslexic, and I've been more vocal about that in the last several years, um, people always think of it as like, like such a barrier for me. When I often just don't feel that way, I feel like it's just a different entry level yeah. to to, yeah. to just like you know understanding or taking that information is just like i normally like if i know i gotta read something heavy i know i'm putting breaks in there to take in the information mm-hmm. and that's just different than somebody else of just like you can sit down and read this whole page mm-hmm. i'm like nah after i get through this paragraph i'm gonna have a snack i'm gonna play a video game and then i'm gonna come back to it or sometimes it's just realizing just like, oh, I want to take it in this audio form because that just a lot easier for me just oh, to yeah. hear, hear somebody talk it out. Um, so like it just been a different access point to me. I have, I think it only became a barrier when people wasn't allowing me to access to what I need to be able to perform. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was never a barrier because it is. Mm. I mean, I think, yeah, I think most of these things specific when I say most of these things I'm I'm talking about uh mental health related things that are not readily identifiable, depression, anxiety, dyslexia or specific learning disorder. I think most of these things only become barriers because there's like a status quo of how we're supposed to operate. Mm. You feel me? But it's like without that status quo I'm I am just me and this is like the set of things I require in order to excel in a space and it just doesn't get it just doesn't get looked at that way because it's like we have to like have this bar mm-hmm. of things because I, I feel that way with like me having depression it's like yes am I more prone for like sad moves yeah for sure you know is my brain like probably overproducing is it serotonin serotonin I don't remember either, and I should know this no, off the top. To happy. Yeah, let's just say serotonin, because yeah. uh, that was the first thing that came to my mind. But yeah, like, and somebody can fact check me on this too. Uh, but yeah, like, um, 
your brains no one's brains chemical production is like exactly the same exactly. you feel me which means like all the things that are related to the chemical productions in my brain are not going to be the same so like to have this like status quo of like this is the normal range of production it's like what what is that for besides like upholding some value system that we didn't fucking create in the first place mm. and i just feel like that should be yeah it just be a waste of time standardized testing be a waste of time oh yeah oh yeah yeah it, it is because like my academic experience like i could always perform very well on a debate team mm. uh, i compose an argument i could do the research take in the information and then argue my points but i can never write the papers mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. never write the papers um but you know what was just like so appalling for a lot of my professors or teachers was just like yo you had all these things to say in class or to argue your point during debate but when i look at your paper it looks like the, you're on a struggle bus <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because you made me write it all out if i could just send you the audio form of it and mm-hmm. just like a 30 minutes of me speaking out everything that you went in the paper i would be coasting through this right mm-hmm. yeah but it was no access for me there so that was just like you know one of those moments where it's just like, yo, I wish I could turn in audio forms of the stuff that I want to talk about or is asked of me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking is much easier for me than actually writing. Uh, I have to, like, it, like, even text messages. Like, I think some people will look at my text message and text messages and be like, you're not really putting a lot into this. Like, you're giving me, like, one-sentence responses. Like, they don't understand the work that goes into sending a text message so it's just mm. easier to just send a text just send a one-liner or something like that because i have to write that paragraph i have to think about that paragraph write it out check it make sure everything is spelled right make sure the punctuation is there and i know other people are like well, who cares about punctuation <laughs> but it's, I'm on it because i want to make sure that i write through text messaging the same way that i would write a paper because if i mix that stuff up it's going to be hard for me to uh, transition back and forth. So the mm. way I text is the way that I uh, write. Uh, pep, uh, that is the way that I wrote papers in uh, college and in high school. So it's it's not as simple as like I don't really want. I don't have a lot to say. It's mm. like mm. it's just harder for me to do that. Um, there is some like positives I seen for it. Once I recognize that I had dyslexia through couples therapy by the way the the other half of the couple did not show up it was just me there so i just continued to see the uh <laughs> i just continued to see the therapist and i just like flippantly oh, was man. just like like sometimes it's just hard to like yeah. read certain things it grows so much when your partner don't show up uh, Damn. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> here we are. Sad boy energy. And been here and then finally making a performance. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. With that. Oh, no, keep going. Yeah, you, 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 you were talking about how learning, learning as you had dyslexia was was a positive for you. Yes, it was a positive. Uh, she started asking a bunch of questions, and then she was like, "You may have dyslexia." And then I went to do some research, and I had like a soft test and I was like oh yeah I got dyslexia and it was liberating because it's like I am not a problem 
I have a problem. And you have a name for it. I have a name for it. Actually, I had a name for it. And when they changed it to specific learning disorder, I was I was frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I had an identity and you took it away. (laughs) That's kind of frustrating. Uh, What? So what? Like, not only was it liberating. Because I have a comprehension problem, I have to read the thing multiple times. Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. I get it, I got it. Because mm-hmm. I've already read it like six or seven times. Yeah. Mm. You got that repetition. Mm-hmm. That's so crucial. Yeah. Do you n- notice any positives or anything for you? Um, I have read an article that said that folks that are on the spectrum of dyslexia tend to be better in leadership roles because like because they're e- they're able to identify the task that it would take to do something and delegate very well mm-hmm. because of that versus just like some leadership is invested into just like the capitalist idea of bossship of just like having so much ownership of mm-hmm. something so you just try to be like the superhuman of trying to do all the work mm-hmm. versus like dyslexic people are just like oh I need you to take on this task because like I don't understand it as well or mm-hmm. you're better so they, they delegate very much like better than folks that are non-dyslexic um so that's the only thing i have discovered you know through that article and then i try to apply it to my life and i look at my life as just like so much of just like where i'm at with my poetry career has been a collaboration of just like me recognizing that there's some parts that i do very well at there's some parts that i don't do as well at and then there's some parts that i do better with others and so you know i'm just like trying to create community sometimes trying to recognize folks skill sets and pass some that task and then also recognizing how can i better myself in that way of mm-hmm. just like trying to figure out i i know i can't do 100 percent of this but let me try to do my 20 and then allow you to do that 50 percent i need and mm-hmm. then find that other person that do that 30 percent of what we need mm-hmm. and um so I'm constantly thinking about that and they you know from that article they say that is like a personality of just dyslexic people of just like delegate and, and I delegate a lot <laughs> I, don't, I don't it's not a single task that I do in my poetry career that I do solo mm, mm. it sounds almost like humbling like you know that you, it's like right in your face that you have a, a different way of learning so it's just kind of like I, I know you do better so mm-hmm. I'll have you do that mm-hmm. And I know you do better at this, so I'll have you do that. As opposed to feeling like mm. you you got to be able to do everything in terms of like the capitalist society idea. Yeah, and I, I think I think part of it, you know, goes back to your point of just like the memorization. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it um, because I'm because I'm dyslexic. I don't write down any of my poetry. I memorize as soon as I think about it. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because, like, my process of learning things is always creating a story. And poetry Mm -hmm. is, you know, about storytelling. Mm -hmm. So, like, as I think of this story, I just think of myself in my head as a narrator. And I'm just narrating the story that I'm seeing out in my head. So it's so easy for me to memorize um, because that was part of, like, my survival tools to just get around life. Because, like, I will often mispronounce people's names or just, like, not do well with just, like, names. Like, a quick example of that is, like, I had a friend named Carol. And for years, and when I say years, years, mm. um, I was calling them Carly. Mm. Um, because, cause, like, I just could not get the sound of the O and the L in my head. Mm. 
Um, so I had to remember it to myself to create a story of just like, what is what is it about in my head? I was still calling him Carly, so you're going to hear the version in my head. Mm-hmm. What is it about Carly that I can really remember about them to then remember their name very well? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, every time I see them, they have a gift for me. Sometimes they give me an orange. Sometimes they would give me $20 for lunch. Sometimes they would give me stuff. And I'm like, oh, like a Christmas carol. So take off the Christmas and just say carol. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I would have to do. So every time I saw them, I was about to say Christmas, and then I just dropped the Christmas and I said Carol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bearing gift, bring you know, like this this song of just like gift giving, and that that helped me out. That so like, sense. so I'm always invested in stories, which has helped my poetry career because I I have expediated another process of where it's where I need to take my poem to making sure that I'm truly invested in the story that is coming from my heart mm-hmm. because I'm already invested into the story I'm, um, I'm telling versus like other poets that are maybe just thinking about getting the lines down mm-hmm. and then thinking about the story they're telling and then thinking about memorizing and all that great stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> memory is a big part that is not being talked about often. In order for me to remember a name I have to say it out loud multiple times. Mm-hmm. I work in staffing, so I ha- I don't have time a lot of times to say their names a lot of times. So I'll just have a list that I have to check off names. Sometimes that just looks like hieroglyphics to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I have to, like, especially in an anxious situation, like I got to check in 160 people within the next 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm by myself or I got to delegate. I do have issues delegating, by the way. Um, well, we all not the same. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm not saying that that's a, that's a trait. I think I personally have an issue mm-hmm. uh, delegating. So I'm trying to check in names and people are like, that's not my name. Or I can't even see their name on the list and it might be right in front of me. But they all start blending together. And to retain that information, if I don't hear it, when I go back to remember them, I don't remember their name. I remember what they look like, what they were wearing, what uh, the conversation that we had, uh, the experience that I had speaking with them, but I almost never remember their name. I have to hear it multiple times. And I think that's a a, a very normal thing for yeah. people in general. I barely remember my students' names. Yeah, it, so we have to hear things a certain amount of times. I think, it, I think but when it comes to people that uh, have specific learning disorder, disorder or dyslexia, they, they have a harder time, so it takes longer for them to retain that information. Where? Yeah. Uh, Lindo just touched me, and I was just like, oh, you got something to say? <laughs> no, 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 I was stretching, because I find this conversation so interesting, because we both, we're both, you know, you know, dyslexic, but it is a different experience. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it's a very different experience of just like, I, I, I I do have issues remembering names, but once I can put a story to a name, mm-hmm. I got it. And so I quickly like, oh, I'm gonna see this person again. What story can I put to their name to remember it? Mm. That's a survival technique, it seems though, because you weren't taught that, right? No, a lot of the things that I have learned about, you know, I want to frame this a little bit differently because I'm, I'm tired of saying like living with dyslexia because mm. it makes it like I'm suffering through something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I kind of want to frame this in a way of just like, uh, I want to say like when I'm not given the access I needed, I have learned these things to do 
just to fit in with those that are not. Um, so, you know, I everything I have learned, I either learned through that the just researching, doing my due diligence with Googling. And part of it was survival. I had to figure out something in the moment, and this really works for me. Adaptability. Like, yeah, adaptability. adaptability. So, like, I know, like, when I really have to write a long email, I'm always going to someone else to, like, kind of read it through with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Because part of, like, part of it is, like, I drop articles all the time, and no matter how many times I read uh, the paragraph, I will say it with the article, and, and then someone else will be like, well, you didn't write that down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> or, or sometimes I have to put it through Google Translate and like I'll copy and paste it through Google Translate so they can read it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you say that word that I wrote down. I'm like, mm-hmm. and Google Translate, well, you never wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I put it. So th- those things been really helpful. Or uh, a thing that I just started doing was playing around with my accessibility um, uh, settings on my phone where it reads the screen to me. So like anytime I got to take in something longer... Uh, as far as reading, I just had my phone read it out to me because, like, I get fatigued and sometimes yeah. I need to respond to an email in a moment. And mm. I'm like, is this is more than two or three paragraphs? I'm like, well, just read it to me while I'm brushing my teeth or I'm biking or something like that. And that has made things easier for me. There's a lot of technology that we have access to that if schools were more intentional about being effective. Um, some of these these gaps between how we uh, are wired to learn and what we are prescribed as a learning style would be closed. Cause like I I've had students. I remember I had a student at uh, damn I can't even remember what school it was. I was about to say Taggart, but I feel like that might not be true. Mm-hmm. Um. But let's, yeah, let's just say it was Tagger. I had a student there who couldn't read that well. And so basically he would write whatever I wrote on the board and then we he would have his phone like read it back to him out loud. And that's how he would know what to do. You feel me? But that's because the teacher was kind enough to like, I don't even feel right saying kind enough, but the teacher, the teacher allowed him to use his phone for that. But that's not like an everyday occurrence because i've taught at catholic schools where they're not allowed to have their phones at all throughout the entire day you feel me so it's like all right well what do i do then you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i I think that that is a really good point we have to be more accommodating to not only students but people in general Mm -hmm. uh somebody having their phone out may not mean that they're not paying attention to you facts they could literally be recording the class they could Need English. Go ahead. Uh, need a fidget. Yeah, need yeah like a that's fidget. me. I need a fidget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were like banned in schools because they were like they were playing with them too much. It's just like you need to have a better method of figuring out who's playing with it too much. And yeah, you actually who's yep. Like banning it across the board is just not a thing. It's lazy. I think that's what we do in our society in general. It's just like either. Y'all all getting this one thing or nobody getting this one thing. Yeah. And that's I harmful. mean, we don't practice. We don't practice discernment. 
and therefore we also don't teach discernment like i i say it all the time and it, it sound like me being like an old nigga but like critical thinking is like highly underrated in education mm -hmm. and a lot of motherfuckers do not know how to critical think mm -hmm. they just know how to regurgitate information mm -hmm. which is not the same thing it's not the same thing as understanding a concept and then because you understand it and have critically thought about it you now know how to apply it in situations where it may not fit in you feel me and so that whole like i feel like that that whole way of maneuvering where it's like it's all or nothing i think part of that like part of that existing is the fact that we just don't utilize discernment at all because we don't be fucking critical thinking it's like let's boil this shit down to the simplest way we can get it let's remove all the nuance and then let's make it a binary yeah and then move on yeah my sister has anxiety and depression and she's taking college courses for the summer and she sat in the back of class mm. the teacher decided to use her as an example Oh lord! So he, that never goes the right direction. He says, "Students in the back of the class don't make sense to me. Leadership and achieving is up front." Called my sister and said, "Hey, come down here." She kind of was just like, "Ah, I'm good. No, 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 no." Mm -hmm. He proceeds to walk to the back of the class and grab her things and bring it to the front. When she told me that, I was ready to go back to where I was <laughs> and like when I was like twenty. <laughs> I was like, what you doing, boy? Like, yeah. what's going on? How is this effective? Yeah, and you don't know what somebody's going through. Mm -hmm. Like, th if that's the case, then take the back out. But there's always going to be a back unless you got a straight line of students sitting in yeah, there. And leadership at the front doesn't make it. This whole concept that, like, leaders have to be uh, assertive 100% of the time we have to mold other people in our image like all these things that we associate with leadership really are just attributes of being controlling and it's like really what we're saying is to be a great leader you have to be controlling because i can sit in the back and be a good leader because i can see what the fuck everybody is doing you feel me i'm surveying my environment so i can understand where people fit where and what skill sets people have and what they need to do and i can't see that in the front with everybody behind me there's multiple ways to be a leader some some people are the leaders that pull people along mm -hmm. and there's a space for that and some people are the leaders that push people forward and i have to be behind yeah. for that to happen and it's like we don't we don't make enough it just goes back to the whole binary thing <laughs> you feel me like we don't we don't make enough space for that shit no i totally agree and uh, i just want to give some resources that like came up while we were uh, talking google translate is like a huge thing yeah it's, that, yeah google translate is good it's a helpful tool just like putting content in there and having them read it back to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and i i think a lot of people don't think about translating that way it's just like if i don't speak the language i'm gonna use google translate but that's it and i think it could be utilized in many ways yeah absolutely highlight um create a story to remember names and certain words and things like that i think that was a huge resource that lindo Bought up. It's a huge resource and it's an old resource. Mm. You like you, you think about mythology, every word that we're using now, like me and Enoch was watching like a snippet of just like how 
how no, narcissists, yeah, yeah, how narcissists so became like, a thing. It's an old tool, but it's just like something that is just like not utilized enough now. Or let me put it this way: it's not common knowledge. Common knowledge yeah. to use that as a teaching tool of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comprehension problems can actually end up being good for you at the end of the day. Not the problem itself, but the fact that you have a comprehension problem and you're reading constantly, that that can be utilized as a tool to uh, retain more information. So it's not it's not always a, a problem uh, to begin with. Audiobooks, audiobooks are a game changer, even if you don't have dyslexia. Um, audiobooks are, is, is like one tool that I use often. I get in my car and I just throw in an audiobook and I can knock that out. Also, a little hint, audiobooks can be increased in speed so you don't have to uh, listen to it hmm. on a regular speed. I listen to it at 1.75. I can't go beyond that because it's too fast and I, I can't retain that. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and it's, it's interesting because when you change the speed, it'll change your end time. So I was reading a seven-hour book, and that joint changed to like 3.5 hours. I was like, ooh. <laughs> it, was, it, it was nice. This is not even my final book. <laughs> I can read even faster. <laughs> but um, also ask for support. And I, and I feel like a lot of people might think that goes without saying, but we... It, it's it, a lot of us will deal with pain and suffering in silence and we can ask for support and I know our society sometimes makes it hard to ask ask for support and it makes us feel dumb and makes us feel like we're asking for too much but ask for support try your best to ask for support and then try your best to identify people who will support you yeah that's what I was about to say yeah. uh, that discernment is crucial <laughs> it, could be, it could be sometimes like harmless for me to tell somebody I'm that's dyslexic. true so I always have to identify that in that person. And then sometimes, like, I'll just take on that. I'll just, like, mm. take that risk of just, like, I don't know if this person's going to harm me or not. They're going to think less of me because I'm dyslexic. Because there's, there's, there's enough people that I have had bad experiences where they just think I'm dumb. Mm. And, you know, and then mm. I have enough people just, like, how can I be accommodating? Mm. And then sometimes I have people that have, like, this savor complex. Mm. Where they're just like, I'm gonna do all these things for you. I'm like, I don't need all those yeah, things. All help is not good help. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm, I just want to let you know that you know I'm processing things differently, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do all these things to just do that. It makes me feel like um, I don't know the word for it. Just like helpless. I'm not helpless. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's and over. It's overcompensating. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like it. You know, like Enoch says that discernment that sometimes I have, and then sometimes you have to do education with people. Like, I I gotta recognize of just like I have told people so many times in text messages of just like, don't correct me on grammar and stuff like that. Mm. Don't correct me on words. If you correcting me on grammar in the text message. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. That's already a red flag. Yeah, like, what are we doing? Um, But I've I seen people be that petty. Um, I have too, unfortunately. I, I ask people, like, ask me, is this what I mean? Or ask me for clarity. Mm. And that's, like, I have to give people a model just like, yo, did you mean this? Or could you explain to me what you mean versus just like, this is the word you were trying to use. Or mm-hmm. you forgot done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because, like... You know, articles are really important because they give value to things. You know, this is one of something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So if I drop it out, you don't know how many I want. 
Yeah. Um, so it is important just to follow up with an ads of just like, so how many do you want? And socially, we are also not taught how to ask questions effectively. Yeah. If anything, we're taught to assume and make a statement and then wait for a correction. Yeah. Which is not helpful, no. honestly. No. And I want to add to the um to the ask for support piece. One thing you want to do, especially if you're in college, if you're in school in general, you want to go to your professor ahead of time and get it on record that you have a disorder or something going on. Because what will happen is if your teacher is like not great and they're like not accommodating to you, you have it on record that you let them know ahead of time. Mm. So you can go to your uh, to the to their department head and deal with that. I never knew that. Was that I never knew that either. I yeah. knew it because I was harmed by it. Damn. One of my first psychology classes in community college. I, f- I found out dirt like during the semester not in not towards the end but like more towards the um the beginning I found out that I had dyslexia and I told my teacher maybe three quarters in mm. which is like towards the end of the class which is also past the drop period mm. I didn't know that uh, I got an F and I told her like hey like I told you I had dyslexia she was just like you know I can't do anything now if you'd have told me in the beginning then we could have mitigated this problem. Wow. And I remember that to this day. And I'm like, anytime I have a conversation with somebody about college, I'm trying to always tell them this. Mm-hmm. And that goes for anything. Anything that's going on with you, let them know as soon as possible and try to make sure you like send a follow-up email or send an email to them to begin with because you will have a paper trail. Yeah. Mm. That's just to protect mm. yourself. Mm. I, I just want to add on to that. It's mm-hmm. just like, even in your professional life, it's good to have true, that. True, true. A part of your signature in your email, which I just started doing, I just started doing last year, is like um, I put it as needs. Mm. And so at the end of my email, it says needs. Um, I'm dyslexic, so if anything oh, doesn't make do anything mm. doesn't make sense, just ask clarifying questions. Don't correct me or anything of that mm. nature, and give me at least forty eight hours than the tradi- traditional tw- like five hours or twenty four hours if you're sending me anything past two paragraphs. Mm. Mm. And if, if you need immediate response, call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I started adding it as the, like my signature in my email. And it, it has made things better for me. But um, it also makes me feel vulnerable. But what I'm learning about vulnerability, vulnerability is allowing for me to be accommodated in ways I need to. Vulnerability is a necessity. Yeah. It's a it's an absolute necessity. 100% like, 100% true. Uh, mm, mm, no, nah, I'm not gonna lead in that way. Never mind. Um, switching, switching, switching gears. I still on the same topic. I was about to give an example of a conversation I had, but I don't want to bring that up. Um, but yeah, like in general, vulnerability is the only way that anyone will know how to aid you. You feel me? Matter of fact, I'll go even further. Vulnerability is just the end, the only way anyone is going to know you in general. Yeah. You feel me? Because otherwise, like, lack of vulnerability to me sometimes can be synonymous with, like, performance, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're only presenting a portion of yourself, which I will never be able to get the whole scope of you without vulnerability. And in that regard, so much of us shy away from vulnerability because we only think about, we only think about it as like the textbook definition of being like susceptible to harm, mm-hmm. right? Which is real. Like if I am 
leading with vulnerability, which I do very often, I am making myself susceptible to harm. I'm also making myself very susceptible to connection. You feel me? And the same way in which I can be severely harmed, I can also be severely loved. And it just goes back to me being intentional about who I'm doing this with. You feel me? And understanding like whatever is occurring nine times out of 10 really don't got shit to do with me, right? So if you're responding to me in a harming way, it's not because I did some shit wrong. And I know this is like hard to think about in the moment, right? So I'm not saying that like any of this shit is easy, but it's just because you fucked up, you feel me? And that's uh, cool, go be fucked up over there. And now I know that you're one less person I need around me. And it's, it, vulnerability saves all of us time in a numerous amount of ways, but we're just so infatuated with this idea of being safe which is a fucking i was about to say safety is like a myth but like you can't be safe but like safety in the way in which we think about it and approach it is like non-existent yeah you feel me there's nothing you can do necessarily outside of like using your discernment that will make you safe all of the time Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like, like the way you put that. I like the discernment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the only way you could be safe for good is just to be dead. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> even like living in the basement, your house could just collapse. Yeah, you feel it could be mice down there. Yeah. You could get better up. Anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. So like vulnerability is like huge, huge. And if you know me, I always talk about vulnerability. You know, Brene Brown out here. Uh, the last thing. And there's much more, but the last thing that I want to highlight is research dyslexia and learn and specific learning disorder. You know, if you think you might have this, do some research. I'm not. Or if you know someone with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying you need to diagnose yourself because you really can't. Mm -hmm. But you know, go online, do some research, check the symptoms out. If you may have it, go talk to a, a professional. And you don't necessarily have to get diagnosed, but at least you know that there is something that you may have, and you can start to accommodate yourself through that. So research is like pretty huge. And I, I will stand corrected in my head because I hear Enoch from the past telling me like, everybody don't know how to research. <laughs> <laughs> this is one moment where I would say like WebMD may help you with the symptoms. You can go That's to real. WebMD yeah. and then just check the symptoms out. Oh, I might have that. Oh, I could have comprehension problems. Oh, I read letters backwards. Yeah. Like I might have this and then do some more research by like going to WebMD, uh, talking to medical professionals. Cause and doctors, typing in specific questions. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Especially in Google. I'm not a big fan of Google, but they yeah, will. It's a skill to learn how to use Google. And I would just say like, check out the sources that people are using. Mm-hmm, check out mm-hmm. how they're studying true, true. people. Because like studies can like throw you off. Like I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a good example or not of just like, oh, only three black people out of 10 like water. Mm. And it's just like, mm, maybe the other already had drinks already. And that's why you only, <laughs> and that was a study. Like you got everybody after they drunk water and then asked them, do they want water again? That's how the study was performed. So like knowing that information of just like the conditions that they, they find it in and, um, how they're surveying people can make you say, all right, is this legit or not? 
Um, so I think that's a crucial thing about like your Google research or just like how are people conducting their research mm-hmm. and seeing how that could be applicable as far as just like vetting the process saying, all right, cool. I can be satisfied on the results they got then. And just cross reference it yeah. with like and I'm I'm specifically talking to people who are doing the research for the purposes of understanding better how to engage with like a loved one. Mm-hmm. Right. Like anything you read cross-reference it with that loved one to make sure that is the way that they want to be engaged with because as we've seen right like all of these things can manifest in multiple forms and so you could be reading something about how to engage with somebody who has phonological dyslexia and you trying to figure out how to engage with Tommy and it's not going to work one-to-one mm-hmm. you feel me and so you know there everything at the end of the day should be cross-referenced with the person in which you're doing the research for yeah I totally agree um Lindo I appreciate you uh I'm going to start with you today like what do you got going on um what do you got coming up I, I got a comic book called Pawn Shop that I'm hoping will be released next year. Um, really excited about that project, and I'm working this. I'm working on a one-person show called The Gumball Machine that uh, I will debuting two showings of on November fourth mm. of this. Well, this year is 2022. So, both of the showings are on that day? Yeah, Okay. both showings are on that day. And um, you can get more information about that on lindoyes.com or Instagram at lindoyes, L-I-N-D-O-Y-E-S. Cool, cool. What you got coming up? Uh, well, we just wrapped up the Kickstarter for the manga. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm waiting for that money to hit my account. Successful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, chapter 2 of Immortal Dark will be out soon. Um... Yeah, the manga is the most active thing that I'm doing that y'all as the public can consume. Because uh, poetry right now is just things y'all can't know about. <laughs> so yeah, the manga, um, follow Immortal Dark Manga. If you don't already on IG, um, feel free to check out our website, immortaldarkmanga.com. Um, and yeah, feel free to throw money into my cash app or Venmo just because I'm a cute bald nigga and you want to support me. Yeah. Uh, what do I have coming up? I am... <laughs> I am surviving. <laughs> I'm dealing with depression right now and it's been pretty rough for me. So I've been diving into the work. I'm starting to do videos again for my brand, Vulnerable. And... Yeah, that's what I'm dealing with right now. I'm feeling slightly better but if you know how depression goes it's just kind of like a peekaboo monster it's kind of like one day you're like oh you're feeling a little better and then like the next minute it's like ha i'm back and that's what's been happening with me it's in and out like that poop that you cut off because you was in a hurry <laughs> whoa who knew we was going with that right <laughs> 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 whoa i mean i guess it is. Yeah, just be like <laughs> i don't know not all bowel movements are the same <laughs> whoa I don't know where. Lendo said, my jaw is slushy. I don't cut it off. What? We I did not say anything of that nature. <laughs> what? Is, all right, tell me, go back to your suffering. <laughs> <laughs> back to the trenches. <laughs> You're sad and depressed. Go ahead. Depressed. Hey! <laughs> I'm sorry. This is what I go through. <laughs> Lendo 
and Enoch and I like hang out often and these are some of the conversations that happen. So it's cool that we can have it here. But yes, that's what I got going on. Depression. But I am diving <laughs> into my work. Um, and that's like distracting me for the most part. So I appreciate y'all while Enoch is cracking up at me right now. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, oh yeah, follow me at Vulnerable or Tommy the Model. I've even posted a photo recently, which I haven't done in a long time. Word. Okay. All right. Adios, y'all. We out. Peace.